Hello there. We are now halfway through June. Again, this this year is just flying by. Heck, this offseason is absolutely flying by. And we still have 28 days to go until free agency opens. Four full weeks. It's going to come up before you know it um, at this rate. Uh, I, I apologize for no episode on Tuesday. I just had a couple, uh, some, um, just an emergency a family thing that came up. So uh, I definitely apologize on that. My goal was to record yesterday and always do the five days a week. Um, but that ended up not happening. But again, you know, there, I will not be missing another episode for the month of June. <clears throat> um, bearing anything like that, you can definitely uh, count on that. For today's episode, we're going to get into um, a topic that's kind of been bugging me uh, the last couple of days, something I've been seeing way too often on um, you know radio shows and social media and all that stuff and it involves the Penguins core. So we're going to get into that. Also going to continue our season reviews that today's will be Brian Dumoulin's. So as we start off the defensive core, um, I've already basically done Chris Tang's. I'll, I'll get to him probably. I'll, I'll actually save the best for last with him. And then we'll also get into the Penguins big moves that they made on Tuesday with some front office moves. And then they also announced the Kevin Acklin thing um, today. So we'll get into that for the final segment and then maybe do a little something small in the Stanley Cup final. So that's all coming up for today's episode of the Locked on Penguins podcast. Your Locked on Penguins. Your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Penguins. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I am your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. You can also follow the show's Twitter at <clears throat> LO underscore Penguins. And of course, thank you all so much for making this your first listen of the day. So let's get right on into this. Um, this is a topic, as I said in my intro, <clears throat> excuse me, this has been really bugging me for the last couple of days, honestly, ever since really the season ended. And, you know, you have these people in the Penguins fan base that say, well, you know, you, you can't bring back the core players. They haven't won a playoff series since 2018. And it's like these people just – they sound so dense when they say this because they're, they're trying to put all the blame on the core and just be like, oh, let's make changes for the sake of making changes. I want to be an armchair GM like I am on HL 22. But that's not how things work. Um, you know, let's actually go back these last four years – and look at why they've bowed out. Okay. Islander series 2019. Was the were the Penguins pretty decent? Yeah. Was the team a lot more flawed than the last couple of years? Absolutely. I mean, they were trotting out Jack freaking Johnson on the second pairing. Their depth was terrible. I mean, you all remember when um I think it wasn't it wasn't um Scott, I think Scott Wilson. Yeah, it was Scott Wilson was getting bottom six minutes. Um, you know, so many guys just playing well out of their depth. Um, Derek Broussard was absolutely terrible. Um, you know, that, that team, you know, they, they, they weren't, I mean, in fact, you know, Derek Broussard was even traded that uh, they had to bring in Riley Sheehan, who obviously that didn't work out. I mean, he was never really that good of an NHL player. You know, their, their depth was not good. Defensively, Justin Schultz was terrible. Matt Murray did what he could. But at the end of the day, he didn't give them the goaltending that he was from 2016 to 2018. Very flawed roster. Okay. Bubble, you're coming off of a COVID pause. 
I don't really know how many people can take some something out of that. You know, they hadn't played in basically five months. They play, outplayed the Canadians. Carey Price did his thing. Um, you know, maybe they went to Tristan Jari a little too late. And the funny thing is the Penguins' defensive pairings were really good, but it was the Schultz-Johnson pairing that was literally the only pairing getting scored on. And, you know, that was one of the situations where I was actually criticizing Mike Sullivan because he wasn't doing enough to um, – put the team in the best chance to succeed. He kept icing that pairing, didn't want to scratch either one of them. I never really understood that. So those two years, I just don't think the team was good enough. But, you know, did they blow up the core? No, they made some changes. They built around them. Last year, they look like they have a great shot at making a run. Tristan Jari had other plans. He stunk. This year, same thing. I think the team is probably even deeper than last year's team. The the defense, I think, is probably just as good, if not better, Jari's having a phenomenal year, but you don't plan for both of your goaltenders in Casey DeSmith and Jari to get hurt right when the playoffs begin. So now you're starting Louis Deming. He stunk. That's the reason why they lost. It, it, people can point to whatever they want. I'll, I'll add special teams to that too. The special teams were not good. People can point to whatever reasons they want to. At the end of the day, it was goaltending and special teams. Um, but And I'm not about to sit here and say, well, you know, <clears throat> I'm going to make changes for the sake of making changes because the, the core has shown that they can't win anymore. Again, that is another you know statement that's not true because you know they've shown over the years plenty of times that they can win the Stanley Cup. They have three of them. They've been to four Stanley Cup finals, and all three of them are still elite players in the NHL. I ask this to the people who want either one or both of the Guinea Malkin and Chris Letang gone. So basically two thirds of the Penguins score. Who do you want the Penguins to replace them with? That, that is my big question because a lot of these people, they don't, in the, in the very loud, but minority section of the Penguins fan base, they don't usually have those kind of answers. Someone was telling me the other day that they would sign Josh Manson trade for Scott Mayfield. And it's like, that is not going to make your defensive core better. It's just going to make it worse. If someone thinks that the same person was telling me that Mike Matheson of all people is going to just take Chris Tang's minutes and, you know, produce just like him for and a player. That's a player that's been over 30 points in his career one time. I mean, I just don't know what people are watching here that they can come to these sort of conclusions. Um, and, and I'll, go off that for Evgeny Malkin too. You know, I have made the argument on this podcast that yes, it is easier to replace him. And I am glad the Penguins are prioritizing Crystal Tang because he is a lot harder to replace. That said, look around the free agent market. Who are you going to get that's going to give you a point per game level of production, great power play time, and someone that is still a very good playmaker and a goal scorer in today's NHL? And people can come back at me with, oh, Evgeny Malkin's turnovers. Oh, my God, his penalty minutes. And you know what I say to that? I don't really give a flying crap. Does he sometimes make boneheaded plays with the puck? Yes. And I call him out for that like I have his entire career. Does he, has he sometimes taken boneheaded penalties? Yes. I have called him, I've called him out for 16 years when he does stupid crap like that. But the good that he does for this team far outweighs the bad. And when you look at who is available on the free agent market, you are probably not going to get anyone, maybe outside of Nazem Kadri, that can actually match his production. And hint, just for everyone out there, 
No, the Penguins are not going to sign Nassim Kadri because they do not have $9 million per year to give him. He is going to make a boatload of cash. The Penguins do not have that money to give him. And another thing, <clears throat> excuse me, that people I've been seeing on social media and radio stuff is that people have said, well, if you bring both of them back, you know, you're not really going to have a lot of cap space to do anything else. And I'm like, well, that's where it takes a GM being a little creative here to open up cap space. They they have the ability to bring these players back and open up cap in other ways. Brian Dumoulin, which I will get to in a second with a season review, he could potentially be available. Jason Zucker in this $5.5 million cap hit. If you even get someone to take 50% of that, that's an extra almost $3 million in salary cap space. Brock McGinn. He's at 2.75 for the next three years. I don't think he'll be traded, but if he is, that's another 2.75 million off your payroll. Right there, that's right there. That's over 5 million in cap space. And if you are able to unload Zucker's full cap load, that's over 7 million, almost 8 million, I should say, in salary cap space. They have ways to be creative. I, I don't want to hear that the cap can be an excuse because teams are always willing to, to jump in and help you out. Why, why, why do you think Tampa Bay always gets out of their cap problems? Teams, despite what you read, despite what you hear, teams are always willing to bend over backwards to help each other. You know, all the general managers, it's an old boys club. They're always willing um, to help out their friends. So I'm just, you know, I'm I'm sick and tired of, of reading this take that the Penguins they they can't win with the core. Um, it's just, to me, it's kind of ignorant. Um, you know, people are blame, placing too much blame on three players who have played their butts off the last four years. I mean, I had someone today telling me that Evgeny Malkin has been a no-show in the playoffs. Dude has 11 points in his last 11 playoff games. I, I really don't know what people are watching when they say this kind of stuff. It's just, you know, it's, it's bad faith arguments. You know, I am more than willing to hear part of the opposite side, but engage in a conversation where you can tell me what they should do to replace one or both of those players. And, and I'm not trying to be a jerk about that. I'm, I'm openly asking those people to, you know, come up with a plan and pit and pitch me to it. The people that don't want one or both of them back, pitch me your plan in a perfect, you know, what, what's the word I'm looking for, you know, in, in a good tone or whatever, and, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll discuss it. You know, I've had people say Vincent Trocek. I like him, but he only had points in six of the um, <clears throat> Carolina's 14 playoff games. He would only be, <clears throat> excuse me, on, on, I don't want to say a last resort. And I also do think <clears throat> he's going to cost a boatload of money. But, you know, you, you look at what Tampa Bay has done since 2019 when they got swept by Columbus. They kept their core intact. Now they've, they've, they're on their way to the third straight Stanley Cup final. Julian Brisbois believed in them. He even said he did not even think about trading anyone from that core. He knew it was going to turn around. And sure, you know, their core is younger than the Penguins. But, you know, for Tampa, it also helps having Andre Vasilevsky in that. He's going to go down probably as one of the 10 best goaltenders to ever play the game. And, you know, it's it's criminal that the Penguins have gotten really poor goaltending in a lot of Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin's peak years. Even, you know, this year where both of them are outside of their prime, but they still put up ridiculously good seasons. They're not going to rebuild. They should not rebuild, especially when Sidney Crosby is still at over a point per game. Kenny Malkin, Jake Gensel just scored 40 goals. 
Um, this team, does it need a retool? Yes. Do they need to get younger and faster? Yes. I am in full support for changing out some of the supporting cast and bringing in some new blood that can help the core go chase one more Stanley Cup. That is what their main objective should be this offseason. You know, again, the people that just want change for the sake of making changes and say, well, you can't bring them back because they've lost four years in a row. I mean, look at the Washington Capitals here, for instance. Do I see Capitals fans wanting Backstrom traded, Alex Ovechkin of all people, you know, and all their other core players? You know, maybe not even John Carlson. And he's honestly way worse defensively than Chris Latang. No, like they, they need to make changes to their supporting cast because, oh, yeah, just like the Penguins, they also have not won a series since they won the Cup in 2018. So they're kind of both in the same um, boat. But it's funny that one fan base wants a lot of changes, and yet the other one is kind of going, you know, more low-key. Okay, let's go get a goalie. Let's make changes to build around Ovechkin and all of our other core players, and especially someone like TJ Oshie, who, you know, <clears throat> his contract is aging a lot better than I thought it would. But still, you know, the contrast is definitely really weird. So at the end of the day, this team, they can win with this core. They've shown it in the past. They showed it this season. They should have won that series in five or six games. They got better goaltending. I'm not going to be open to them making change the sake of making change. Again, you want to replace one or both of them? Cool. Tell me who you're replacing them with. Um, in my view, you're not going to get anyone on the free agent market that's going to come close. Um, unless, like I said, for Nazem Kadri, though he's not going to come here. But you're not going to get anyone on the free agent market that's going to come close to the value that both Olivia Malkin and Crystal Tang bring. So that wraps up this first segment of Locked on Penguins podcast. Coming up in the next segment, we're going to get into Brian Dumoulin's season review, um, positives, negatives, what the team should do with him over the offseason. But before I get to that, um, you can save time and money when using Rock Auto. Why should you choose to spend 30%, 50%, or even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership? Rock Auto is a family business to so do yourselfers for over 20 years. The prices are all reliably low for every customer. They have everything you need from brake parts, trail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. You can go explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solution to your auto part needs. You can go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car truck. And you can write Locked On in their How'd You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. That is rockauto.com. All right, I'm back here in this episode of the Locked on Penguins podcast. I am your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter, Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at L underscore Penguins. So let's start our defenseman season review today with you know the defender who I thought was the worst on the team this year, and that was Brian Dumoulin. Um, excuse me. Um, you know, 76 games played, but his numbers took a dip this year. This was the first time he's been um, below 50% in Corsi. Uh, since 2014-15, um, when he was basically a rookie at that point. When he was on the ice, the Penguins had only 49% of the shot attempts, um, 55% of the goals, 4%, so that's good. But I think a lot of that has to do with playing with Crystal Tang on his top pairing. Um, 50% of the expected goals, um, a little higher than he was last year, but you know, not near what he was in 2019-2016 when he was at 56 55%. Scoring chance this year, the Penguins had 51% of those when he was on the ice, a little bit down from where he was last year when it was basically at 52%. High danger this year, the Penguins had 50, about almost 52% of the high danger chances. That's a little up from last year. Uh, 39 high danger goals for, 
39 high danger goals again. So about 56% of the high danger goals for him when he was on the ice. On ice save percentage, 931. That means the goaltending. That, that means the save percentage for the Penguins goaltending was on the ice. So he was potentially getting bailed out by some bad goaltending. But, you know, defensively, you know, he, he was a – it just wasn't good. You know, it looked like he's lost a lot of his skating ability um, this season. <clears throat> Excuse me. And um, I think that's probably due to the injuries that he's had in his career, but also due to the fact that he's on the opposite side of 30 now. And sometimes a player breaks down faster um, than someone else in their 30s. I mean, this this happens um, all the time. And for someone that makes over $4 million, um, he can't have a repeat um, of, of this season going into next year if he is still on the team. Um, he plays top pairing minutes with Chris Letang. I, I expect more from him based on what I have seen over the last several seasons on the top pairing. He's usually very reliable defensively. Sometimes ships in offensively, but that's usually not his game. You know, I've always loved that pairing with, with Tanger because he lets Latang do his thing in the offensive zone. But if Latang does make that blunder, and he does, he has, he's had his fair share of those, you know, Dumoulin will be able to get back and cover up for him. And, you know, someone like Mike Matheson isn't able to do that because he is also, you know, he has all the, the same offensive instincts that Latang does. And that's why I just, I've never ever been a fan of that pairing and why, you know, I do think the Penguins miss Dumoulin a bit more than some others may think um, in the playoffs. Um, you know, Matheson had, <laughs> it was probably like four or five uh, pucks go off his skate and in past either Louis Deming or Christian Jari. I mean, when the Penguins made it two to one in game seven against the Rangers, they come right back a couple minutes later. Oh, you know, puck don't lie, goes off Mike Matheson's skate. And then it's just like, man, that, that was like, again, that was like the fifth one. <laughs> during the playoffs that that happened. Um, and, you know, Brian Dumoulin there, he's probably not in that same position. Um, he is definitely a defender though, you know, despite all of his past accolades, accolades, excuse me, that he's had for the Penguins. Um, I, I saw him looking to potentially move him this summer. You have POJ down on Wilkes-Barre. He's probably ready. You have Mark Freeman as reliable depth, also ready to chip in. Um, you know, it, it's tough because if you bring Latang back and you also trade Jumlin, who are you putting next to Latang for the remainder of his deal? I'm not, again, I'm not confident in Mike Madison doing that. I know the underlyings have not been bad at times, but in the playoffs, I was not a fan of that pairing. You're not going to put Marcus Pedersen up there. That would be suicide. Mark Freeman's not going to go up there. Do you have to go out into free agency? and sign someone for cheap. You do go out and sign like a Nikita Zadorov to play top pairing minutes after what he just did in Calgary. That's an option. You know, maybe he makes, you know, four to 4.5 million per, but you know, a, will the penguins have that cap space available and B, would they be comfortable giving him that deal um, after just trading away Dumoulin? And for those that think Dumoulin would not really fetch anything on the trade market. I definitely disagree with that because you know, teams are always looking to give that kind of player a uh, decent money or a decent return. I mean, you know, this was in free agency, but look at Barkley Goudreau with the Rangers, right? And um, guy told depth player throughout his career gets a six-year term from Chris Drury for three and a half million per year. I mean, what what are we doing here? Um, you know, the, the six-year term is already ridiculous enough, but you know, he's getting eighteen to eighteen point two million 
you know, to play third or fourth line minutes and, and just because he's won a couple of Stanley Cups. So, you know, a player like Brian Dumoulin, who has won the Cup a couple of times, who has been good defensively throughout his career, I do think he can potentially net maybe a roster player in return, decent draft pick, maybe a prospect, something like that. You're, you're not going to get like three assets, I don't think, for Dumoulin, but I do, I do think you can maybe get at least a player in a pick or a player in a prospect back for someone like that. So if I, are the, if I am the Penguins, I am aggressively looking to shop him. Um, I was just not a fan of how he played this season. Just always looked a step behind, especially in the defensive zone. Was not his usual self. Was committing too many turnovers. Um, when he's at his best, you know he's commanding the ice with Latang on that pairing, and you know his vision is usually um, out there. And you know he's all, when he's also skating the puck, you know easily out of danger in the defensive zone. He was not doing any of those things at all from what I was watching this year. And, and, and it's a problem, especially considering he has a lot of years left on that contract and, you know, he, he makes a decent amount of money. So, you know, I think Hexall does have a decision to make there. Um, I, you know, I, I just don't, I think of all the defensemen that played for the team uh, that's in the regular top six, I think he was the worst one uh, by far. Um, that, that's how I see it. And, and if he does come back and there's probably a decent chance that he will, um, you know, I, I want to see a lot more from him. You know, I want to be able to see him skate the puck out of danger with relative ease. I want to see him, you know, you know, create shooting lanes in the offensive zone when Chris Letang is not creating that that kind of offense if he is brought back to. And, you know, I want to see him not, you know, struggle to keep up with odd man rushes and just, you know, also struggling to make those routine plays that, you know, he usually makes with ease. Again, I do think they missed him after he uh, tore his MCL in the playoffs. Um, I definitely think, you know, with Dumoulin and Latang in that game seven, that that, that uh, second Rangers goal doesn't go in. Who knows what happens for the rest of that game. Um, so it's definitely an unfortunate injury that happened. But, you know, uh, uh, you know, I'll, I'll, we'll, be, we'll be curious to see what happens. I think that's, that's a bigger decision than some are making it out to be with regards to Dumoulin. So that wraps up. His season review, we're going to continue with the other defenseman season reviews throughout the rest of this week and, of course, going into next week. Coming up in the final segment, we're going to get into uh, the news for the Penguins on Tuesday as they made some of the promotions that Rob Rossi of The Athletic um, talked about um, in his article um, earlier this week. Before I get to that, though, um, Bet Online is your number one source for all of your betting stats and sports info. You can find all the latest sports developments, news and odds, including this year's NBA Finals, the Stanley Cup Final, Major League Baseball, and of course, all the latest fighting news from MMA and UFC to boxing. Bet Online is your continued source for all of your sports wagering information, including live betting, esports, and more. You can head to the website today or use your phone to learn more about the trends in action. That is Bet Online, where the game starts. All right, I'm back here in this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I am your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at underscore Penguins. So let's get into the big news that happened on Tuesday morning. Um, so Rob Rossi, you know, he, he nailed a couple of things in his story. Um, so Eric Heasley was promoted to general manager of the Wilkes-Barre uh, Scranton Penguins. Congratulations to him. I mean, he's worked his butt off to get to this opportunity um you know he started out you know i don't know if a lot of you know this he was a communications coordinator all the way back in 2008 um with the penguins and he has worked his way up within the organization and into this role so congratulations to him 
um, for getting that general manager spot. Um, I'm sure he's going to do a great job down in Wilkes-Barre. Um, Andy Saucier, so he is now a hockey operations analyst, but as Rossi reported in his story, he is still going to be a video coach. He's not going to be giving that up. Um, this is just a new title that he's also going to have um, within the Penguins organization. Um, congratulations to Andy. Very well deserved. There is probably no one better in the NHL that is as good as him when it comes to offside reviews. I said this on my episode a couple days ago. Um, for as long as he's been here, I do not even remember a time where the Penguins lost an offside challenge. You know, going going back at least to the the first one I remember them challenging when he was there. Uh, the Jonathan Drangle uh, game six against San Bay that was one nothing. And you know, if they don't challenge that, um, that's a potentially much different game. The Penguins obviously won that challenge. They went up three nothing before the Bolts made it the game in the third period, and then the Penguins were able to get a big insurance goal from Brian Russ and then get the empty netter to send the series back to Pittsburgh. But um, you know, again, congratulations to him. He's done a remarkable job for this organization as a video coach. And I'm excited to see how much input he's going to have um, as an analyst um, for the hockey operations. And then finally, um, Ron Hextall's uh, right-hand man, Chris Pryor, he is now the assistant, one of the assistant general managers. He was the director of player personnel for that. So now he has a new title. Um, that move, you know, first things first, congratulations to Chris. Um, he's worked with Ron for many years, going back to the Philadelphia days. But, you know, it is kind of, I guess, frustrating a little bit in a way that Ron really did not want to go outside the organization for that. I don't know if Fenway, you know, wants him to, you know, look in other areas for someone added to the hockey operations department. I think I did see a, jo a, a job posting um, on, it's, it's the, um, it's that sport. It's like a, a teamwork sports, I think is what it is, um, or wh whatever it's called. And I think they are hiring a data um, analyst for their analytics team. So I think they do want to bring in someone that has an analytic uh, background to work under Katarina Wu. Um, that may also be Fenway driven. Um, maybe that's Fenway's way of saying, hey, you know, if you can make this hire, you know, we'll allow you to, you know, promote uh, Chris Pryor here and not go outside the organization. But, you know, I still think this would have been a perfect time for the Penguins to go outside the organization and get some fresh ideas in there because, you know, what's the point if Ron Hextall is just getting all of his ideas from, you know, someone down below who's just calling him that he's known for like 10 years. I mean, his circle is very small. And I'm pretty sure there's, you know, what, barely, what, what, five people in the hockey operations department anyway. Um, you know, I, I guess that's how he's always wanted it to be going back to his Philadelphia days. But, you know, I do think it's a little bit of a missed opportunity um, in my opinion for that. And then finally, um, the Penguins did announce today that Kevin Acklin has officially been promoted to president of business operations. That was reported last week um, by Mike DeFabo of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. So he will be in his fifth season with the team. He's going to report to the ownership group and manage the day-to-day -day operations of the business of the team, including strategic planning, corporate partnerships, marketing, and community outreach. Um, and he's also, again, going to spearhead the development of the former Civic Arena site, which has had so many battles um, over the years, you know, going back to when uh, Mellon Arena was demolished. Um, and it does say uh, Brian Burke will continue in his role as president of hockey operations, reporting directly um, to Fenway Sports Group. So I don't think there's just going to be a total president of the team overall. I think Fenway wanted to split 
that duty up between the hockey operations side with Brian Burke and then the business side with Ackland. So I guess they're, they're, they're going, the, the new ownership group is just going in a different direction uh, when it comes to that. At least that's, that's what I took out of it. Um, so those were the main announcements for the Penguins over the last um, couple of days. Congratulations to all for these individuals. You know, they've done a lot of great work for the Penguins, and I'm excited to see you know, what they do moving forward um, for the team. But um, that will do it for this episode of the Locked on Penguins podcast. Um, again, I have some I have some draft stuff coming up here, probably towards the late stages of the month of June, early July. I'm going to try to dive into some of these players that could be in play at number 21. I don't think the Penguins are going to trade that pick. And we're also going to start getting into some more potentially low-key free agents that I think the Penguins could look at. Um, and there's one that I think was on uh, Dan Kovacevic's Daily Shot of the Penguins, which I do, I do like listening to every day. Um, he mentioned one. Um, in his episode this morning, actually, that I may dive into for Thursday's episode and give my thoughts on, you know, why he may or may not should be allowed to come back. But, you know, based on what he was saying on that episode, and you guys can go listen to it on Apple, Spotify, wherever, um, Nelly sounds like it might be in play when free agency opens on July 13th. So, again, thank you all so much for listening. I really appreciate all of you um, tuning in to this episode. Let me know. Let me know what you all think in the comments for YouTube. You can also message me. On social media at Hunter Hodes, the social Twitter at Eleanor Penguins. I try to respond to everyone that sends me message requests about the team and all that jazz. So you all can do that if you want to give some feedback on the show. And I will talk to all of you all on Thursday.